Shut up and sit down. All right, we're here for another episode of Business Bros. We got it down packed. All right, today's episode is kind of a little fun one. I thought we'd take it a little easy on uh, after doing some of the more difficult topics. I figured this would be a fun one. How to get an extra 200 bucks a month. A bunch of different ways that you can earn an extra 200 bucks a month. All right. 200 bucks, that's a lot of money. Dude, it's a little something, you know. To some people, $200 is going to make, you know, the, the difference between having too much month at the end of their money. And for some people, it's going to be, you know, hey, that's a purse this month or an extra pair of shoes or whatever that they're going to spend the 200 bucks on. I but, could use an extra 200 bucks. I mean, you can't. Anybody can, right? The fact that it's an extra 200 bucks. I mean, this could be the 200 bucks that you're putting away to pay yourself first. This could be the 200 bucks that you're putting away to buy an investment property. Mm-hmm. This could be the 200 bucks that you um, you get to spend and, you know, go out to eat or, you know, buy the kids clothes. Whatever yeah. it is, it's an extra 200 bucks. Yeah, so, definitely. So we, you know, we, we were putting together our show notes for this one and we, you know, at first I was trying to get a little, you know, technical and get some good stuff in there. But then I started thinking, you know what, there's a ton of ways to make an extra 200 bucks. Some are better than others. Some are really funky and funny, but you know, let's just throw it out there and you never know what kind of idea is going to spark somebody else's, you know, idea. Like, yeah. like Tupac, like he said, I'm not going to change the world, but I guarantee you, I will spark the mind of the person who will. Right? <laughs> there you go. So I don't know, you know, I might not, you know, have the best idea here in the world, but you know, it's a, it's a little spark. Maybe something we say is going to resonate with somebody and it's going to strike that chord. They're like, oh, you know what? I'm not necessarily going to do that, but I could do this instead. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm hoping for. So let's start with the, uh, the basic one, the easiest, most, uh, common answer when asked, you know, how do you make an extra 200 bucks? Well, just go get a second job. Get a job. Get a J-O-B or, you know, work some extra hours. All right. But usually when I tell, you know, when people say second job right now, like today, what they're thinking about is like, I'm going to drive Lyft or I'm going to do Uber. Right. As long as you got a car. Yeah. As long as you got a car, go ahead, go do it. I mean, and, and it's fun. Dad does it. Yep. The old man loves it. I was doing it last year, and I liked it. Yeah, you liked it too. I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, for some people, that's the thing. Some people make it their full-time thing, and it's decent enough to to do it. Yeah. You know, it does put a lot of wear and tear on your vehicle. Definitely does. It does, you know, and uh, some days are more productive than others. Some evenings are better than others. Weekends are definitely better than weekdays. For sure. But there's revenue to be made. 200 bucks a month. That's pretty easy to do, at least driving Uber and Lyft. That's pretty easy to do, and, you know, that could be a gross right up front $200 a month. Uh, you may also want to look into, you know, what it's going to cost you in gas and the wear and tear on your vehicle, the extra oil changes, etc., and so on. I mean, you could really break it down, yeah. but in a very gross overview sense, you can make 200 bucks a month on Uber pretty pretty easily. I made that much in a night before. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, the old man drives and he does it on his extra time, you know, and he can make, you know, I'm sure he does pretty okay. He was even doing that to uh, pay for a car payment, if I remember correctly. He might have been. So, yeah, I mean, making that extra money is definitely doable with those types of secondary jobs. Yeah, and there's a lot of opportunity for that nowadays, Uh, you know, I mean, it is pretty centered around uber and lyft you have the uber eats as well you know where you're not necessarily driving people just food two people food two people yeah um there are also cleaning services that are available out there you know you can uh what is it um 
Like one of those uh, Molly Maids type things? Uh, Molly Maid is the company, but uh, trying to think of... It's like chores. You can do chores for people, and I can't think of the name oh, of the app. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like walk their dog or... Right, yeah, right. Yeah. You could walk people's dogs. You could be... You could be a, a babysitter, like a babysitter app yeah, yeah, type of thing. You put in um, your free time and do the background screening, and now you're a babysitter. That's it. Yeah. That's no, it. That's definitely. And those are all extra little secondary jobs you might do. How about another fun one? I can make $200 a month gambling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, break it down. It's like 50 bucks a week. 50 bucks a week. Right? I you got to get pretty skilled in uh, whatever... Whatever gambling method that you're gonna use, right, right. I mean, you could do poker. I did that for a little while. I was trying to make hundred bucks a day. You know, that was that was a toughy one, yeah. <clears throat> but it was, it was definitely doable. Or right now, since the season started, you could do fantasy football. Whoop whoop! Trying to make some money on FanDuel or something. Yeah, FanDuel could work. <coughs> so, I mean, you could do that. Just understand, all right. I mean, those are fun. Those are crazy. You know, you can try to do that. But be realistically, I mean. As fun as it could be, you could potentially lose a lot more than you win. Right, right, right. Something like Uber is a little more safe. I a guess. lot more safe. You I'd know, say. it's it's a little more. It's a lot more guaranteed. Like if you give people rides, you're gonna make money, right? But doing something like FanDuel or going to play poker or you know whatever, like you could make a lot of money. Yeah. Right. Potentially. And you could potentially lose. A lot more <laughs> initial investment, not necessarily a lot. I mean, yeah, I guess a lot more. If you're putting, let's say, fifty bucks a week, right? You yeah. put fifty bucks a week towards your 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 seed money, essentially seed money. Yeah, like you want to develop the skill because poker is a skill, yes. right? I'll so you, you want that. to develop the skill, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna put fifty bucks a week. I mean, you could go one month where you lose two hundred instead of make two hundred, but maybe the next month you make. 400 yeah yeah so it's an up and down it's an up and down so you know is gambling the best option probably not probably not but it is an option right as we like to say we like to give you the options you choose what's best for you and yours so uh all right so we uh, get a second job or, or gamble and here's the other one that i think is actually pretty cool because it's something that you already like to do anyways and so monetize your hobbies monetize right? your hobby i mean figure out a way to Bring what you do into the world in a way that you can actually profit. And, you know, it's not really work if you like doing it. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, we did that with uh, PC Cruisers, essentially, PC Cruisers, at the very yeah. beginning, right? Yep. I mean, we took uh, your fun uh, passion for computers and buried it into the ground with your <laughs> <laughs> I happened to be good at computers, and we used it to create a business. Right. And it was it was cool. It was fun up until you bounced, but it was... It was still something that you liked to do at the time, and you were making money off it. Right, right. So, you know, mechanics, they do a lot of the same thing. If Maybe you don't do, you know, you don't work on cars professionally as a living the whole time. But, you know, you can do a little side hustle, do brakes every now and again, right. or change oil for, you know, your friends and family every now and yep. again. Make an extra couple hundred bucks a month, right? That's yeah. all it is. You don't have to do it full time, just... Just enough to get you that extra revenue that you're looking for. Right. I always call them, call them the, the little side hustles. The side hustles. Right. So, I mean, you have this thing about uh, beer. You tend to not only like it. I drink a lot of beer. You yeah. love it. I you love, love beer. your beer. So, how do you? How would you turn drinking beer into something you can monetize? I mean, it is a hobby. Definitely a hobby. Definitely a hobby. <laughs> so, how do you monetize a hobby like drinking beer? 
Well, we looked into uh, this podcast called <laughs> Drunk, Drunk History. History. Right? It looked pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> what do these guys do? They drink beer, drink beer, and talk about historical facts. That's it. That's it. I mean, that it, makes it pretty simple. And if if it's if it's cool, if it's fun, if people tend to enjoy, you know, that type of conversation in that type of setting, then you have a potential here for monetizing that, right? Right. And you know, it's it really comes down to anything like that. It really comes down to are you able to lead generate for something, right? Because obviously, you're probably not going to be the one brewing your own beer, although you can. You we live can. in San Diego. There's a lot of There's individual lot of microbreweries, oh, yeah. you know. So, but you're probably not going to be doing that. Um, so, what are you what are you doing in your particular podcast or in your in your promotion of your hobby? You have to figure out a way to generate leads for something, right? There has to be some sort of sale end in what you're doing. But it's fun because you're talking about or you're doing or you're practicing whatever it is that you would have been doing on your free time anyway. Right. You're just taking a different look at it. So if you are here in San Diego and you start doing, you know, a podcast similar to this and you get one of these microbreweries that wants to advertise, they want to do some marketing, right? You get on your podcast and you create a sales code that when somebody goes online and punches in that, that promo code, they get whatever, you know, whatever dollars off or percent off and you get to take the credit on that lead you do get to take the credit on the lead maybe you you make a, a commission on the sales right ultimately what's your job your job is going to be to create a following right and then market to these to your following on products that people bring in so it's it's kind of a really cool you know it, it's taking a different perspective on what you're already doing right right and and looking at it and saying okay look i know this is fun i know this is cool i bet there are other people like me that like this sort of stuff you know, why not hook up with them? Why not talk to them? Why not sell to them on stuff that they already like to do anyways? Right. right? I mean, I know there's a ton of people who like to try different beers. And if they've never heard of them, how are they ever going to try them? Definitely. But if I'm able to talk to them about them, tell them, you know, hey, this is, oh, this, you know, I don't know about beer, but it, maybe it pairs really well with XYZ food. I don't know. Right. Or, you know, this is a great beer to have, you know, maybe not ice cold. This is like a warmer beer, fresh out. Mm-hmm. You know, tap. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever it is. If that's your thing, that's your thing. Right. Right. Share that information. Be be a beer snob with a purpose. Be a beer snob with a purpose. Right. Just look at your hobby a little bit different. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Enjoy it and maybe you can monetize it. Now. Uh, I'll be honest, there's going to be some people who are like, well, I don't want to monetize my hobbies because then it's going to suck. Yeah. I'm not going to sell out. (laughs) Yeah. The the thing that I love to do becomes a job and then it becomes a burden. Right. Right. And you don't have to take it as far as you want. I'm just saying it's an opportunity. Making an extra 100, 200 bucks is not full time work. Right. This is just a little little side hustle. Now, could you turn it into two, three, four thousand dollars a month? That is a work. That it becomes more of a business. That becomes more of a legit thing. Right. But remember the scope of what we're talking about. We're talking about a couple hundred bucks here. So, you know, turning the hobby into something monetizable, fun. Maybe, maybe you spend $200 a month on booze, right? Mm-hmm. But by doing something like this, instead of spending $200 on booze, they give you $200 worth of booze. And so you get to talk about it. Right. And now you've essentially saved 
$200, which you were going to spend anyways. Right. And that's 200 bucks in your pocket that you don't have to spend. Boom. So just saying, there's a ton of ways to look at your hobbies so that, you know, maybe you're getting free product. Maybe your hobby is, I don't know, flying model airplanes or something. And that's what you're doing. And you're creating cool videos and you're showing people how to do stuff. And you have a, a particular hobby shop that you get your stuff from mm-hmm. or a particular product that you like to use. And maybe that company wants to send you stuff so that you can promote it on your own YouTube channel or your right. own whatever. So, you know, there's the, uh, the YouTube uh, channel for makeup. Right, that people get their their products sent to them, and they're gonna spend that money anyway. They were gonna buy that product anyways. You're absolutely right. A, a penny saved is a penny earned. Yep. Right. So you know, just add up you know the, all all the different pennies you can get to your hundred two hundred dollars a month in product that you were gonna use anyways, just by sharing it with other people. Right. It's really quite simple. Speaking of uh, getting stuff you were gonna get rid of anyways, how about being like a, a Amazon or a Craigslist or an offer up seller? Yeah, you know, we talked about this on one of the other podcasts as well. I mean, that's where the idea for this podcast came from. It is. You know, right there. But uh, we are talking about, this is this is a third-party shopper. So um, understand that the way Amazon works is they don't have, you know, enough warehouses to house every single product that they have online. Right. Right? They use a lot of different drop shipping. They use uh, third-party vendors to ship them product, and then they turn around and ship it out to... Uh, to the to the end consumer so there's a a lot of different options where you can go into the store scan the barcode figure out you know what the price is uh that you're buying it there at the store maybe it's cheaper than what you can sell it for online and make the spread okay and and you can do that for you know maybe you find a a backpack and you buy it for 10 bucks but it's selling online for 20 bucks you know you're making 10 dollars, and they have 10 of those backpacks there so you go and you buy 10 and you turn around and sell them on Amazon through Amazon. Uh, yeah, through Amazon and you make the $10 spread. That's one product and you made an extra 100 bucks. Boom. Right? Or or you do the same thing with Craigslist. I always thought it would be a good idea to go around Craigslist if you're spending your extra if, if, there are people out there, right? That all they do in their free time is look at Craigslist. Right? They just look at stuff that they think might be valuable, right. might be something they're interested in. Well, why don't you use that time cruise through the free section people just want to get rid of stuff sometimes yeah so maybe your job is to like look through those and be like oh dude i know that that's going to sell for an extra 50 bucks or i can sell that for a hundred dollars and they're giving it away for free Mm -hmm. go pick it up and then turn around and sell it and be a done deal right yeah and and you can make an you know all you got to do is one or two times a day and there's your one or two hundred dollars a day you remember that show uh storage wars same type of idea yep 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 (laughs) <laughs> i like so, his shirts and his hats they always said that yeah yep. <laughs> but i mean those guys when when they bought stuff out of those storage units a lot of them were turning around and selling them in thrift stores in thrift stores yeah right? you don't so, have to do that whole bulky thing you could do one or two items a month we're talking about 100 dollars a month here right we're not talking these guys were stocking up their thrift stores to sell product on a daily basis right this is part of their entire business we're just talking a couple hundred bucks a month so you go and you check out a few couches right and here's a really nice one okay i can turn around and put it on craigslist right back on craigslist right and i picked it up for free and i can turn around and sell it for 50 bucks 100 bucks or or you play the the online shopping fields against each other i pick it up for free on craigslist and sell it on offer up because they didn't see it on offer up right or i pick it up for free on offer up and sell it on craigslist Right. right, it's two different markets. It's like going to Walmart and finding a product cheaper, and then turning around and selling it on Amazon. You're doing the same exact thing. The only difference is 
you're picking up something for free. Free means it costs you zero. Right. Whatever you sell it for is your profit. I don't care if you're doing it for 10 bucks difference. You just do it again. You made, you made money. That's it. That's all it's about, right? So get free items online and resell them. I got another, I got a, a hoarding challenge because I know people who hoard stuff. Mm-hmm. They complain because they don't have any room in their garage. Well, that's because you have all this crap in the way, right? <laughs> right. So I was like, how do I get somebody to to get rid of this sort of stuff? Because often they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to resell it later. Or, you know, I think I, I think I could probably take it to the swap meet and sell it or whatever. You know, so how do I incentivize them? So I thought, okay, maybe I can get them to put a pile together. Like just dedicate this stuff is the stuff you're going to sell, mm-hmm. right? And then give me an estimated value. What do you think it's going to be? Right. I mean, of course, it's probably going to be way up where they think it's going to sell versus what it actually sells for. Right. Right. But it doesn't matter. They put a a value to it. Right. So now we assign a value to this pile of junk and we give it a time frame. So this junk has to be sold by a week, two weeks, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to put your money up. So the person who's hoarding stuff takes the value. Let's say it's two hundred dollars worth of things. They take that two hundred dollars. They put it in a, I don't know, like a ziploc in a, in a bucket of water and freeze it, right? And their two hundred dollars is there. And the moment that stuff is sold, that pile is sold by that date, they can unfreeze their two hundred dollars and get that back. Boom. Plus, they've gotten rid of junk and they probably made some money along the way. There you go. But you're holding your money hostage. Your own money. Your own money hostage so that you can get rid of that stuff. It's like you're forcing yourself to get rid of your stuff so you can get your money back. Right? And you know the kids these days, they love challenges. They love challenges. So this is the hoarding challenge. This is the hoarding challenge. Why not? Right? Why not? I mean, you're gonna, you want to get rid of that stuff. It's kind of hard to get rid of it, but you want your money back. It's your money, right? So I got to yeah. be able to get my money back. And why not get that extra $100, $200 a month worth of stuff and free space? So all that stuff that's been sitting here in your garage, put it in a pile, put decide pile. how much it's worth, put that amount away, freeze it, and when you sell everything, you get that money back. You get that money back. Plus you get to keep that money that's extra. Boom. Right? I don't know. I think it's a good I think it's a good thing. It's a way to help you clean up and earn cash. Oh, two birds, one stone. There you go. All right? So that's Amazon Multi- Craigslist and offer up, right? Yep. So we could definitely do a hundred, two hundred dollars on that. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think it would be cool. I think it would be relatively easy. Yeah. I mean, that's an extra $100, $200 this month. You know, but how can we do something to make an extra $100, $200 every month? All right. Well, how about the good old-fashioned coupon clipping? Mom used to do that all the time. Oh, God. I remember we used to uh, go to the store, and one time somebody stole... Her little box that she kept all her coupons in. She was so upset oh, that day. Oh, she was so mad. Because, dude, she mom was really proud of her receipt, right? Yeah, she was. First of all, that receipt was like four feet long. Yep. Right? It would print out of the machine because the, the the cashier would deet, 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 every single product. Yep. And then at the end, they would get the coupons and deet, 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 and you just watch it go in reverse, <laughs> right? First, you watch the money go up as she's scanning items. Yep. And then you see it come back down as she's scanning coupons. You know, and mom would save, you know, I mean, growing up, we didn't have a grip of money and mom loved to cook stuff and we always were eating. I mean, three boys eat a lot of food. Yep. So mom was saving money every single time. And these are things that she was going to buy anyways. Right. So the fact that, you know, back to that, right. This is a, this is a penny saved as a penny earned mentality, right? You're going to spend that money anyways. Right. Might as well spend it in a saving manner. You're going to buy toilet paper. Like. 
no you way can't get away it. from it. Exactly. You're going to buy it. So if you can find a way to save money on it every month. Why not? Why not? Why not? No, I mean, that's... that. Man, I mean, but the, my, the argument that I always had was, how much time did mom spend clipping coupons? Was it worth the $100, $200 that she would save a month? She would say, yeah. Yeah, she would say, yeah. Right? But some was, people are like, you know... It was no, a I few would, hours on a Sunday. It was, yeah, that's true. I mean... And mom really did like doing that, by the way. She did. She, she did. She actually enjoyed looking through the ads and looking through different things. And I think she was meal planning in her head the whole time she was doing that, too. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me. She probably was. She was probably meal planning in her head. And, you know, I think it was also like a time where she can just kind of concentrate on something and not be bombarded by three obnoxious boys. Very mom, true. Mom, mom, mom. Very true. Very true. <laughs> All right. Speaking so, of mom, uh, here's another strategy um, that we can find an extra hundred, two hundred dollars a month. So this is a W four adjustment. W four adjustment. Now this adjustment, this W four, by the way, this is the form that you fill out at the beginning of your employment. That they that it's an IRS form and it has a couple lines on it. You put your allowances, zero allowances, one allowance, ten allowances, whatever, and it affects how much is withheld on your paycheck for your federal income tax. So right. the higher the number, the less you're going to pay in taxes? The higher the number, the less they withhold from your paycheck. Got it. The lower the number, the more they withhold from your paycheck. And the idea is simple. Um, you know, you're you're supposed to calculate what your what your tax liability is supposed to be at the end of the year, and then your W-4 should reflect the withholding just so that it withholds that tax liability amount. So right. what often happens is people put a zero one because they don't do the calculation and they end up withholding more at the end of the year than was needed, which means they get a refund. Mm-hmm. So let's see, $200 a month, that's $2,400 a year. Right. So if you're getting $2,400 a year in a, in a federal refund or more, then we can definitely find the $200 for you just with simple W-4 adjustment. It just means you get no tax refund. It just means you get no tax refund, but you're getting your money that you need month to month that extra 100 200 that you're looking for you you probably already have it if you just adjusted your w4 and you're not giving uncle sam a zero percent loan exactly screw that guy or the state of california you might you might be with over withholding in the state of california or a combination of both right so the the 100 200 that you need every month they might be right there at your fingertips all you have to do is adjust your w4 all you have to do is adjust your w4 so, uh, you know, talk to your tax professional if that's something that you might, you know, be thinking about looking into. And, you know, that's that's a big change right there. And, and I mean, if you're hurting for that monthly amount and it's already there, why not use it? Why not take advantage of it? Why not? And uh, if you're looking for one of those tax professionals, you can go to our website, www.csfirst.com. Leave a comment in the uh, contact us section and we'll have somebody call you back soon as possible. There we go. All right. The other one is how about you dabble in, some, you know, we talked about gambling and this is more of a strategic gamble, but uh, you can earn a little bit of a, a return on investment in trading stocks and options. Right. Well, at this point, I think we start, uh, we're kind of look, diving into actually investing your money and making your money work for you, right? Right. Well, because, you know, before that, we were looking at different things that you can do to earn that extra hundred, two hundred dollars a month. Right. These next couple of things are things you can invest in to earn another hundred, two hundred dollars a month. Because let's be honest, some people don't want to do work, work. 
they would rather do intellectual work. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to work with their hands to do more. They don't want to go right. out. You know, want to clip coupons. I don't want to go out and mow extra lawns. I don't want to go do those things. Right. But I'm willing to learn something, and do some other activity. Maybe spend some money or invest some money to to increase my uh, ability to earn. Right. So that's where this trade stocks and options is one of the ways that you can do that. Because you're looking at two hundred dollars a month. Two hundred dollars a month. So. Uh, on average, the market goes up about 8% per year, right? That's Six to 8% yeah. per year. So taking that on the high end, if you can manage to earn an 8% monthly return, if you invest $2,500 at an 8% monthly return, you're making $200 a month. Right? Not the easiest thing in the world to do, but again... Not the easiest thing in the world no, to do. No, not the easiest thing in the world to do, but it is a way of doing it right and if it really is something that you want to learn and do there are a ton of different ways that people do tend to make a lot of money in this industry and it's you know i mean it it might be your thing but you won't know unless you try unless you try it right, right? how about purchase investment property that's one of our favorites it's one of our favorites we do put money away this is a different way to increase you know your 100 to 200 dollars a month but this strategy is more of a long-term increasing by 100 to 200 dollars a month so this is using leverage this is using other people's money maybe uncle visa or auntie mastercard right? <laughs> or whatever it is but you're you're basically using leverage to your advantage you're borrowing in the sense that you want to have good debt because you have tenants or other things paying down that debt and then there's an extra amount of money on top of that right so you know that's not necessarily my favorite option i'm you know we already talked about this before we right. like to invest our long-term uh, cash flows with all cash, but this is an option. There are plenty of people who uh, understand leverage and what they're getting into to make that extra couple hundred bucks. Correct. So, you know, it is definitely an option. How about assignment and contract? Assignment and contract, that's one of our real estate strategies, yeah. right? Contract strategies. So basically you are, um, well, it's it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier. It's a skill that you would sit down and learn, right? So Absolutely. you become that person that's calling all of the distressed homes. You can get a list. You can purchase lists of you know upcoming foreclosures and stuff like that. And you just start calling these people, calling these people, finding out what their situations are and et cetera and so on. And you say, hey, I can help you. I can get your home sold in 10 days or less or whatever. Right. Right. And so you become that real estate wholesaler. Yeah, and here's the thing: you don't actually need a real estate license to do that because nope. you're not representing them at all. Not at all. You're buying the house from them. You're putting the house that they have under contract. Correct. So you're you're doing the you're you're basically telling this person, "I'm going to buy your house from you, and this is the house price that we're going to agree to. Are you cool with that? And we can close it when you want to close it. Right? Correct. And and the person enters in a contract with them with with you with you so yep. you're 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 essentially going to buy it now the behind the scenes is you're not actually going to buy it you've been connecting yourself with other investors or other house flippers or other you know other property management companies whatever it is that are in fact going to buy this place and Correct. so you've locked in the contract maybe let's say you buy it you lock in a contract for you know half a million dollars and um but you have other investors that you know are looking for this type of property in this dollar amount 
and maybe you sell it to them for 520 the contract right and so they actually execute the contract the seller's happy because they got the price they wanted right the investor's happy because they got a property you know in the market where they're trying to find properties and it's hard to find and you get paid the split between the 500 that you locked up the contract on and the 20 grand that you locked that you uh, sold the contract for right so this is one of those where maybe you only do one a year but Dude, that's, that's, you know, more than the 200 bucks a month that you were looking for. Right. And if you really do like picking up the phone and, you know, doing those types of things, then you can really make a lot of money on just that one real estate strategy. Just the one. Just the one real estate strategy. I mean, that has nothing to do with the flip part of it, but you can get to that part if you want to, you know, but at least this way, it's another way to do it. Right. Right. All right, how about a My 10 Challenge? That's one that I've been doing. That one's Hashtag fun. Hashtag My 10 Challenge. Hashtag My 10 Challenge. This is a, a forced savings, essentially. So this is money that you're already part of your... It's already part of your month-to-month, right? You're you're paying the bills. You're going to the store. You're living off of cash budget that you're, ta- that you're working with. And then if you accidentally... Um, or I don't know about accidentally. If, if the cashier hands you back change and any of that change is a $10 bill... You don't spend it. You put that $10 bill away. You put that $10 bill away. You put it in the shoe box. You put it in a cash box. You put it under your mattress. I don't care where you store it. But that is money that you're putting away for something else. Whether it's a new car, whether it's an investment property, whether it's uh, the kids' birthday parties. I don't care what you're spending, the, what you're going to end up spending the money on. This is just a habit that you get into. And you got to understand that the $10 that you put away, it's not that it ideally it's it's more than just you know something you're gonna buy later. Ideally, that money that you're putting away is what it it, it becomes your money. It becomes your mm-hmm. golden slave. It once it enters that realm of where maybe it goes under your pillow or whatever, that money only comes out for things that are gonna make more money. Right. Right. So it has to work for you. It becomes you know you you own that. bills it doesn't go to the to the store to buy clothes it doesn't go to the candy store for the pinata you know you can do that i mean it's ultimately your choice but i would like to see you put that money away where when you spend it it's only an investment making you more money there you go and it can be any denomination that you want you use ten dollar bills because they seem to be less frequent and that's something that you're comfortable parting with uh me if i was gonna do it i think i might go with the one dollar bills Right, because usually you're only gonna get four of them at a time. True, it's right. Yeah, so most. it's it's a little bit easier to part with four bucks versus ten bucks. You just get a lot more ones throughout a month. Maybe you do, but you're a little more comfortable <clears throat> parting with them right there at the time. So you talk about going to a fast food restaurant and your um your meal is five bucks or whatever, right? And then they give you back a ten. Now all of a sudden your meal went from five bucks and some change to 15 bucks and some change right for me i wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with that but if i gave them five bucks and they gave me two singles back you know or five singles back i'm more comfortable with you know what i'm I'm curious to see how you know what the dollar difference would be on a month to month i I might try i might try it just to try it a couple months and see how how there's a big difference because there's some months i don't get tens at all I mean, it just goes that way. But then every once in a while, there's a transaction and, you know, five $10 bills come out. Right. right? You know, right. and that sucks. But but that's well, just kind of the way it last is. Last year, let's see. Today is Sunday, August 12th. So we could go uh, from now until the end of August or until the end of September, maybe. 
Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Let's, give let's it six see. weeks. Let's let's see how it works out. I don't know how much uh, All right. put away, but it'll well, definitely look, force. Put look away. forward to uh, our podcasts in October. We'll uh, bring this back and talk more <clears throat> we'll about assess. it. See what, see what the results were. Yeah, for sure. So hashtag my ten challenge. Hashtag my ten challenge. All right, cool. And then of course, there's a couple other strategies. How about taking a look at things you pay already? Right, mm-hmm. like like you have a credit card debt. Right, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you do have a credit card debt and maybe you're at, you know, 21% APR, why not call them and check on introductory interest rates? Right. Now, that's something that people don't even realize that they can do, right? You can actually call the bank and say, hey, I just realized that I'm paying 12, 14, 18%, whatever it is, right? But you're over here mailing me something where I can get 0% APR, 0.9% APR for six months. Can we just initiate that? Can we just go ahead and whatever interest rate I'm paying now, let's move it over to the promo. Yeah. And you know, you'd be surprised how many times if you just ask the question, they say yes. Maybe they don't drop you to 0%. But if you were at 21%, they're like, no, we can't do zero. But you know what? We do have a 12.99% that we can do. Exactly. That's a 10-point drop almost, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge drop in, in finance charges. I don't know if this rate will get you all the way to the 100 200 a month, but it's definitely going to save you a, a chunk of change that you're doing on finance charges. And if you take the same strategy and you review your cell phone bill, right? Correct. And you're looking at your cell phone plan and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I do this new um, unlimited plan over here, Mm-hmm. And I add these, you know, put these two phones. That's going to save me like 35 bucks a month. Right. Right. Why aren't you reviewing it? Think every time a new plan comes out, a new phone comes out, data charges get cheaper. You know, there used to be a time where you were paying for cell phone minutes. Right. Oh, we man, don't pay for cell phone minutes ago. anymore or long distance. You know, all those things change. And over time, things change. But if you don't look at your at your actual bills and review them, you're going to be just stuck paying the same thing that you've been paying because you're not looking at what's going on or what it what they offer. So right. you have to ask. Another one would be your insurance bill. You know, When's the last time you <clears throat> talked to your uh, insurance agent? When's the last time you talked to your insurance agent? I mean, even with homeowner's insurance, right? If you own a home and you haven't looked at your homeowner's policy since the day you bought your home, you just auto-renew, how do you know you're not you can't save some money? Or maybe if you bundle your insurance, you know, Geico says it all the time, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? They all do. They all do. But if you bundle your home and auto, you can get a nice deep discount into your premium. Right. And that can that can make, you know, combining those between the finance charge, between the insurance policy, between um, your utility bills, you can find an extra hundred, two hundred dollars a month in just adjusting what you've already been doing. Definitely. And if you do need some help, you know, reviewing those things. Maybe you need some help specifically with insurance. Go to our website, www.csfirst.com. Drop us a line. We, we can put somebody in touch with you to help you look at your insurance needs. Absolutely. Review exactly what you have, what you what you have coverage-wise. I mean, you might not even know what you're actually being covered. You know, right. you, 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 you might need a little, you know, uh, a little education on that to understand what coverages you have. And you never know. We can bundle things together and save you some money on a month-to-month basis just to get that extra $100, $200 in your pocket. Right. right. So, I mean, dude, we covered quite a bit again. What do we got? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. Of course, the last thing. Ultimately, in any business, in any type of revenue stream, if you're going to make some money, you want to be of service to other people. 
That's right. That's really what it comes down to. If you're looking at almost any other any of these um, strategies that we went over, especially at the beginning, we were talking about making that additional money, whether it's driving Uber or Lyft or whether it's you know the Amazon or the Craigslist thing. All these things are being of service to other people. If you can find it in your way to help solve somebody else's problem, there's money in that. There's a solution in that that's monetizable. Right. Right. So be a pickup or delivery driver. I don't know. Maybe you're a student. Maybe, you know, you can charge to type up papers, not do other people's homework. I'm just saying type up, you know, stuff that's handwritten or uh, tutor other students. Right. right? Maybe you're yep. strong in math and you can help tutor students during your free time. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's uh, there's always different types of ways that you can generate revenue. And it re- it revolves around being of service to other people. Right. Right. The more you can be of service, the better you're going to do. Yeah. And we want to be out there. We want to be looking for ways to solve other people's problems. You know, if we can find a way to make something more convenient for somebody else, there is an opportunity to monetize that. Exactly. Exactly. So hopefully we've been of service here for you. And uh, maybe we jog some ideas to pop out of the head of yours and uh, come up with an extra $100, $200 a month that you can use to do whatever you need to. You can use that to pay down debt. You can use that to fund a retirement plan. You can use that to play, to plan to pay for your daughter's wedding. Who knows? But an extra $100 or $200 a month can go a long way, and there's plenty of ways for you to find them within your existing budget. So uh, that's pretty much all we got for today. Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out. <laughs>